Together, growing in faith, changing communities. My dear brothers and sisters, today I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Luke chapter 2 from verse 41 to verse 51. The parents of Jesus went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Let me stop there for now, dear brothers and sisters, and let's analyze the first opening lines from verse 41. The parents of Jesus went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. That's something that is worth noticing. You see Joseph and Mary playing a vital role in the upbringing and the grooming of the little boy. They are hands-on parents. Now, part of being a parent means to provide, means to lead, means to guide. And we see this in the Holy Family. We see this with Joseph as well as with Mary. But while they provide the material things, the physical aspects of it, they also provide the spiritual guidance, the spiritual support, the spiritual nourishment. They go up to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast, to pray to God, to offer themselves to God. But they also take their child with them. And so Jesus, from a very tender age, he is introduced into the religious aspect of the family. He is introduced into the faith of his father, of his mother. And so that's the first place where I think we need to go back to and ask ourselves, who introduced you to the faith? Who's the person who's played a vital role in my faith with God? Have I come closer in the realization of what I'm called to be in my life? There are people in our lives who have helped us to have a sense of spirituality, who have a sense of identity in God and with God. And there are people in our lives who have become anchors of our faith who are always there for us when we can no longer be there for ourselves. And I see this family and we go back to what we all know, the family that prays together stays together. We see the importance of faith in a family. The importance of us as a family, both parents and children coming together under one roof, worshiping and serving God and trying to listen to the plans that God has for us in our lives. 
teaching our children how to pray, teaching our children how to have a relationship with God. The other thing that I also find interesting is that our children are most likely to learn, yes, by what we say, but also by what we do. Our actions speaks louder than our words. Because what we say and what we do will always remain with our children. But the question is, have I seen my mom or dad going to church? Have I seen them growing stronger in their faith? Because as we grow older, we soon realize that I cannot do this on my own. And as we grow older, there are things that we struggle with in our own lives. But then as we struggle with these things, we tend to go back into the experiences of the past. And so we ask ourselves, how did our folks deal with this? What was the situation at home? And how did they deal with such problems back at home and you soon realize that if you're coming from a very strong family that had a prayerful woman you go back immediately and you say i know what my mom used to do she was a prayerful person and i'm gonna go back and do that which i was taught by my mother i'm gonna go back and do what i saw my mother doing in times of troubles that's the first thing the second thing that also touches me is when Jesus is 12 years old and he had gone up to Jerusalem at the feast. He disappears. The parents are returning, but Jesus goes missing. Now, there is something important. It is at the age of 12. Now, you and I know that we cannot just miss these numbers. Biblically, they mean something. You think of the 12 apostles, you think of the 12 tribes, you think of the gates that you hear about uh, in the book of Revelation, you think about the angels that the Lord has put within these gates, you think of the four winds of the earth, and you soon realize that there's something mysterious about 12. You remember about the woman we had a hemorrhage for 12 years. You remember about Jairus' daughter who was only 12 years old and the Lord healed this beautiful girl. And so too here, Jesus is 12. But biblically, in a Jewish culture, this means absolutely something profound. And then Jesus remains behind. He doesn't go back with his family. And in the eyes of Joseph and Mary, they think Jesus is still around, is with the family, is with the acquaintances, but Jesus has gone missing. And I know this in my own life. I may think that everything is well. I may think that I'm still on track. I may think that I'm still on top of my game. Meanwhile, I'm losing it. Or oh, I've already lost it. But the ability or the privilege of having someone who cares about you is amazing. Because Jesus may have been gone with inverted commas missing, but there's someone who worries about him. Do you have someone who worries about your well-being? 
Do you have someone who thinks of you? Do you have someone who checks up on you? Someone who, who, who can see through your smile. Someone who can see your pain and understand. The person that you don't need to explain anything to them, but they just know what you're going through and they are willing to help you. That they will love you through your pain. That they will nourish you through your own anxiety. I love what the, these parents do. Upon realizing that Jesus has gone missing, they first go to their families. And when they realize that they can't find him amongst the families and the folks, they go back to Jerusalem. And it takes them about three days to get there. Now I can, I can understand the, the, the worry, the anticipation, the anxiety, and we don't know what was the conversation like. Probably there must have been a tension. Probably one was blaming the other one, but why, why didn't you check? And someone else says, but I thought you were looking after this. And it happens in families. When things just don't happen and we tend to blame each other. But I love how they work through the problem together. No one is leaving the other one behind. But they say, yes, we may have realized that something wrong has happened but both of us can go and search for the child. Where are our own children? Where are our own parents? Our loved ones, our siblings? Do we even worry about someone who's not okay? Or we just ignore them and say, ah, they will get back on their own feet again. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Do I go out there in order to help? And to make sure that my brother, my sister, my sibling, my parents, my friends, that they are living the best life that they can ever be. I love what the Holy Family does because it teaches us what God will always do with us. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.